Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Uh, just wanted to say hey, see how things are going with everybody, uh, which is a ridiculous thing, because none of you talking to me, it's me talking to myself. But uh, if you want to tell me how you're doing, you can easily do so um, through one of three key means at this stage. Uh, you can email me, which just about everybody in this day and age has access to, uh, and you can do so by emailing Podcast at gmail.com. That is T-O-D-C-A-S-T, T-O-D-C-A-S-T, at symbol, gmail.com. I'm not going to spell Gmail. If you don't know how to spell Gmail at this stage in your life, um, maybe you shouldn't email me. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to read it. Um, option two for super quick um, and super short type missives uh, you can hit me on Twitter, uh, that's at CastTod, C-A-S-T-T-O-D, um, which would be keen, and is a great way to, to throw me some info. Um, and the third option is, is only slightly more selective, and that would be uh, for those folks who have the Anchor app, uh, which is what I'm using to produce this fine podcast. Uh, if you go into your Anchor app, there is the means by which you can send a, a quick voice message to me. Uh, and, in fact, tell me how you're doing. Um, and if you'd like, I can include that, uh, you know, snippet of you, and you can be pod famous uh, like me, if we want to call what I'm doing right now pod famous. Uh, if you do not want that included, you can just say so in the voicemail, and I won't put it in. I I, I am one who's you know, all down for respecting, you know, people's boundaries. So, um, if you want to let me know how you're doing, those are those are just some easy ways you can do it, uh, and I encourage you to do so. Um, kind of got behind the wheel today without having a real topic, um, and so, um, having just gone on about, uh, you know, the, the joys of email and so forth, uh, I think we're just going to use that little nugget as a uh, starting point, um, and let's talk a little bit about the the interconnected interconnected tubes of information, highway surfing things uh, that are just everywhere these days. Um, and you know, just sort of a reminder to the the younger folk who don't ever remember a time when there weren't internets, uh, and maybe a little nostalgia for those of us who are a little older and. Uh, remember a time before the the various logins and passwords you had to remember for every damn thing uh, that dominates your life these days. Um, you know, the internets are, are fairly new um, and obviously have made, you know, vast changes in the, the way, you know, society operates and how things happen nowadays. Um, and, you know, I, I just kind of like to harken back to the time before all that occurred. Uh, you know, I remember, um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, it didn't exist. We we weren't bothered by this because we didn't know, because it didn't exist, and we didn't know that it was coming, so we didn't know enough to miss it. Um, you know, you you wanted to find something out. There there was no Google. You You, you had to either know somebody who had an encyclopedic knowledge of trivia and whatnot, um, and if you knew that person, that was pretty awesome, because it was pretty pretty sweet back in the day, you know, people knew things, 
uh, had to remember stuff. Um, and, and people who, who knew the things and remembered all of the things um, were, were, were pretty awesome people. Um, you know, or you had to truck your happy ass down to, you know, a repository of, of knowledge in its physical form, a.k.a. the library. Um, and again, uh, anyone who's been to a library recently, uh, as opposed to a library, you know, back in the day, uh, it's a little night and day difference. I mean, yes, there are still books. That hasn't changed. Uh, but, uh, you know, back when I was going, uh, all the way up until the time when I was working there, uh, you know, if you wanted to find something, there, there was this, this little, you know, piece of furniture with a gazillion little drawers, each of which had a, you know, a, a metric butt-ton of cards in them called a card catalog, um, that you had to, you know, flip through to find what you were after. Uh, many, an English class uh, hour was spent teaching us how to use the card catalog uh, so that when we went to the library, we could find the things that we were after. Um, i got to think, this day and age, most folks don't even know what the hell a card catalog is, uh, if you're a member of the younger set, because uh, they don't exist. You, you, they're computers. You, you type in a search just like you would, you know, any other search engine for any other thing, and it just spits out the answers to you. Um, no, no, you used to have to, you know, go to the card catalog. Um, you know, there were... Every book had multiple cards in there, one for the title, one for the author multiple ones for the subject matter, if we're talking, you know, nonfiction. Uh, and, you know, much like when you're searching for things online, sometimes you have to be a little creative. Uh, you know, I guess nowadays, you know, the, the algorithms have gotten smarter, and you can type in a few words, and, you know, the AI on the back end will probably have a rough idea as to what it is you're after and serve you up some good results. Uh, back in the day, you, you, you had to figure it out, you know, if, um, for example, uh, you know, when I was in college, I had to do a, you know, a report on an endangered species, and I picked this weird insect thing, uh, you know, if you just went to the card catalog and looked up insect, you were going to get a whole bunch of books, uh, you know, if you went for endangered species, you'd get a whole bunch of other ones, you, you really had to kind of peek around and, and, and hunt through and, do some sort of targeted, know what you're talking about, sort of searches in there uh, to get what you're after. And, you know, you're scurrying from drawer to drawer, you know, opening it, you know, flipping through, not finding it, slamming the thumb bitch closed. Uh, you know, it, 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 it took a lot of time and energy. Um, and uh, we don't have that now, and that's probably for the best, truth be told. Um, it's definitely a lot easier. Um but, uh, I don't know, there's something nostalgic about the card catalogs. Um, if I ever had the opportunity to, you know, come across, uh, you know, the, the, the drawer system for an old library's card catalog, I would probably buy that some bitch just to put in the house just because it just seems like an awesome relic from the past to have. I have no idea what I would put in all the little drawers, uh, but I, I, I just want one. Um, and, uh... God forbid you wanted to find uh, a magazine article. Uh, again, nowadays, heck, nowadays you're going to have a hard time finding a magazine because all that is online. Uh, but when you wanted to find, uh, you know, 
you're doing research and you need, you know, magazine articles for, you know, topic X. Uh, it's been so long I can't remember what the reference work is. But basically every, I want to say, month, they published a book that was basically a sort of cross-reference and index for magazines. Uh that you'd go through and try and find stuff, and then that would point you to the magazine. Um, it was laborious. Uh, researching back in the day was 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 no no small feat. Um, and yeah, when uh, the whole time I was in school, that's that's pretty much how that was. Like I said, at the tail end there, um, I believe it was the summer after my year in Akron, but before I went to the Navy they started to get uh, computers. Um, you know, we had to go through and barcode everything, and they, they you know, you, you'd slap the barcode on the, on the book, and then you'd, you know, scan it, and you'd have to look up in the computer that book and make sure you had the right one and sort of link the two together um, so that eventually people could just walk up to the terminal, type in what they were after, and it would tell them, you know, card catalog style where to find their book. Um and also, you know, was used for checkouts because, you know, for the for my entire young life, checking out a book, uh, you had an actual plastic card with embossed numbers on it, uh, kind of like a credit card, that you'd put into a machine, and then you would feed the card into another opening in the machine, and it would make a very satisfactory ka-chunk noise, um, and would imprint that, uh, you know, your number onto the card for that book, uh, which would then get filed in a big drawer thing, um, and then they would put another card in the little pocket that would tell you, you know, what day your stuff was due. Um, you know, nowadays they, they scan the barcode on your card, they scan the barcode on the book, it's all in the database, you know, you get an email alert that your stuff's coming due, uh, all that fun, but it used to be, um, you know, whenever you check out a book, that's, that's what would happen. And when you check that book back in, some poor, you know, schmuck, i.e. me, would have to, you know, go into where all of the checked out book cards were, uh, which were, you know, laboriously organized by, by date, um, and then I want to say by author, um, and flip through all of those to find the card for the book uh, and then put it back into the book uh, before it could be shelved. Um, as opposed to, again, swipe the barcode, call it good. Um, and, you know, God forbid you're, you returned a book and didn't have the little card that had its due date, because uh, pretty much you had to sort through every day that was available, and books were generally out for, you know, lent out for two-week periods. So, you know, 14 days' worth of sub-searches within each one to find that card. Um, and that's if it wasn't overdue. Uh, if it was overdue, you had to dig back even further. And once, you know, what it got so overdue, you had to, you know, they went into like a separate pile. And somebody had to, you know, pull those out, card by card, look at the little, you know, imprinted number, the person's library card number on there, and then go to a book that had everybody's information in it, um to find out who it was that, 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 you know, that had that overdue book so that they could then, you know, type up a letter to say, you have these items missing, 
put it in an envelope, throw a stamp on that sucker, and and take it to the post office so that, you know, you could tell people. Um, again, nowadays, you know, the computer does all that. You get a quick email that says, hey, by the way, your, your thing's late. You should probably get that back to us. Um, golden, golden times. Uh, you, you kids don't know how lucky you have it. Um, what else? Um, that's, that's just the informational side of it. Um, entertainment, for, forget about it. Uh, you know, you either went to the movie or watched it on TV or you went to, you know, Blockbuster or the equivalent and rented, you know, the, the, the videotape, um, or the DVD, I guess, if you were going to get all modern. Um, but, you know, Netflix is a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, Hulu, all that is just fantastic. You know, if I want to, you know, watch, binge watch an entire series of, of some, you know, seven, seven seasons of a particular show, uh, that ain't no thing. Um, if you wanted to do that back in the day, uh, you either had to shell out a metric crap ton of money to buy the season on whatever media. Um, you know, and like I said, if you're if you're talking old school, that's that's VHS where they might have, you know, three or four episodes per tape. Uh, you know, you're talking like a four or five VHS set for one season. Uh, I can't even imagine trying to do that. Uh, DVDs clearly made it easier, um, but still cost you a lot of money, and then you've watched it, and unless it's one of those shows you want to, you know, watch over and over, you just threw out a bunch of money on, you know, a bunch of DVDs, and we're, we're done here. Uh, which doesn't seem like fun for anybody. Um, and that's provided that the thing you were after was actually available. Um, you know, nowadays you can you can find on the Internet uh, via Netflix or Hulu or, you know, various torrents and whatnot. If there was a thing that was on TV at some point, somebody digitized it and it's out there. Um, I mean, for, for crying out loud, um, you know, a few years ago on a weird goof, I said, you know what, I've heard how horrible the, the Star Wars holiday special is. Uh, let's see what we can do about finding it. Uh, you can't find physical copies of that thing anywhere, but you can find, you know, torrents of them. Um, side note, uh, don't do it. Um, it is every bit as horrible as you may have heard. Um, if you have not heard, let me be the one to tell you, the Star Wars Holiday Special is quite possibly the worst piece of television ever, and this is coming from a Star Wars, you know, fanatic. Uh, if you're the kind of person that gets upset by, uh, The Phantom Menace, um, just don't even think about seeing the Holiday Special. Uh, you know, if, if, if... Wow. Uh, what is the quickest way to describe it to you so as to, you know, convince you to never go there? Um, imagine, if you will, a 70s-era variety show, you know, where they have, like, a comedian come on, and then there's, like, a weird song and dance number, and then they do, you know, a skit, and then another, you know, musical guest comes on. That sort of thing, uh, except in the Star Wars universe. Um None, very few of the pieces connect one to another. They're all very, you know, disparate units. Um, 
you know what? I think I've got the clincher. If this doesn't convince you to avoid the holiday special, then you're probably a person that's into seeing the holiday special, in which case, you know, good luck to you. B. Arthur. Yes, B. Arthur, a.k.a. Golden Girls B. Arthur. In the Star Wars Cantina from Episode 4, surrounded by aliens, sings a song. Uh, and it goes exactly like you would think it would. So, um, I'm going to get off that soapbox and get back on track, but I, I feel that as a public service, I need to warn you that even though this is this super rare thing, which was unobtainable pre-internet, is now available to you, just because the thing is available doesn't mean you should have it. Um, that, that just, just, just don't. Um, movies were easier to get to. Pretty much once a movie came out in theaters, there was a little bit of time, and then it would drop on VHS, uh, you know, or DVD. Um, and again, you could generally get those from the local, you know, video shop, um, without a whole lot of difficulty, generally pretty quick turnaround. Um, funny things about the video shops, and, and I guess I'm curious if this was an Ohio Valley uh, sort of special, or if this is something that, you know, existed sort of everywhere. Um, one thing, your your big chains, like your Blockbuster, were, I, I assume, the same everywhere, so we'll skip past those. Um, but there were also a bunch of, you know, smaller locally owned and operated, mom and pop, if you will, uh, type video stores that existed that often comboed the, the, the video rental place with some other line of business. Um, in my hometown, I recall there being one that was a combination video rental place and ceramics studio where you could go get a ceramic, you know, little little angel or, you know, bear and paint it up and then they'd glaze it for you. One of those places. That was also a, a video uh, rental place. Um, incidentally, they had the best selection of Nintendo games available for rent uh, for, I want to say, a buck. Um, and so we were, we were, you know, frequent patrons of that, uh, that establishment. Um, there was another one. <clears throat> that inexplicably was a video rental shop slash tanning salon. Um, again, I'm not sure how those things come together and make sense unless you're in the Ohio Valley. So um, I, I'm genuinely curious. If you're hearing this and y y your, your reaction is, wow, those people are screwed up. Why would people do that? I've never heard of that anywhere. Drop me a note and let me know that. Uh, confirm my, you know, fears. If you have encountered this previously in other parts of our, our you know, the nation or the world, you know, um, show me a quick note. Tell me how that how that was. What What's the weirdest thing, uh, line of business that you've seen comboed up with a, a video rental shop? Um Because there were, there were quite a few. I mean, some of them made sense. Like, there was a place in Bridgeport that was, um, I guess, 
you could call it an electronics shop. It's it's like what Best Buy is, but Best Buy didn't exist back then. It was a you know mom and pop store that was selling you know stereo equipment and TVs and VCRs, and they had a video rental place, which to me makes perfect sense. You're selling the gear. Here's some stuff to play in the gear. I get it. It'd be like you know selling records at a guitar shop. Like these things make perfect sense to me. Um, but, yeah, the tanning salon one is, is a head-scratcher for me. Um, and I'm just curious if that's, that's, that's a weird regional thing or if that's, 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 you know, worldwide. You, you guys let me know. I'm counting on you, uh, for my information. Um, and darn it, I know I could probably Google that shit, but in the theme of what we're doing here, I refuse to. I'm going old school. Um... Nowadays, we call that crowdsourcing. Back in the day, it was ask around and maybe someone will know. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, email. The, the whole concept that got this, this ridiculous conversation started. Um, trying to think when I got my first email. Um, I think it would have been when I was in the Navy. Because uh, I don't even think I had a college email when I was in college. Um when I was in Akron, the internet existed, technically had existed for a little bit, um, but browsers were a new thing. Um, you know, um, Internet Explorer, um, shoot, what they call it? Um, Netscape Navigator, that was the one. Um, Dial-up internet connections. Um, kids, counter lucky stars and blessings because dial-up was, was horrible. Um, you know, you think your your old uh, smartphone went slowly. You, you don't understand how dial-up went. Um, you literally plugged a phone cord from your computer into the wall, um, and your computer would dial a number which would be answered on the other side by your, your ISP, your Internet Service Provider. Um, and then it would transfer the information, you know, through your phone line at speeds that I, I just don't even want to think about. Um, you know, if you wanted a decent picture of a thing, you would, you know, click on the thumbnail uh, to get it loading and, like, go take a dump have a cigarette, make a sandwich, come back, and your picture would be, like, half-loaded. Um, it was, it was, it was gross. Um, but that's the level of internet we had when I was in college. Like, I had a computer, but it was not connected to anything. Like, it, what programs were on it is what I had available. Like, I had a word processor, I had a few games, um, I was, you know, going for, you know, computer science, so I think I had a C or C-plus compiler on there, for whatever that was worth. Um, but there was no connecting to anything else, um, and therefore there was no need for an email. Um, I may have had a University of Akron email while I was there, but I had no good means to use it. Um, I'd go to the computer lab uh, to work on, you know, the actual, um, you know, stuff I needed to do there. Um and sometimes, you know, in the evenings I would go just to dick around on the internet, which was, you know, what does that amount to? Um, looking for fan rules for the Star Wars role-playing game, um, which I would then have to either take notes on in a notebook 
or pay like a nickel a sheet to print, um, or download to a three and a half inch floppy disk um, to go take back to my my room and put on my computer. Um, I distinctly remember a lot of you know searching for pictures and photos of nine inch nails and Tori Amos, which makes perfect sense. Uh, for that point in history and my life. Um, again, I was big into Magic the Gathering, so, you know, looking at cards that I did not own, uh, you know, and the rules for them, uh, that was a thing. Um, yeah, just random weirdness. The kind of stuff you waste time on uh, on your phone when you're waiting in line uh, to get your, your coffee. Uh, I had to go to a special place to do, and it took, like, all evening to accomplish those same tasks. So, um, be, be real happy that you're not living, you know, in that time. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I got my first email when I was in the Navy. Um, not when I was in Puerto Rico. Um, it would have been after Puerto Rico, because... Kenny and I both got got sent to Puerto Rico. Um, they had no. It wouldn't have been. It, it would have been actually much later. Um, I think it was no. It was Okinawa. I was in Okinawa before the internet became sort of a part of real life uh, for me, because they had the internet on on base very restrictive as to what you could do on the internet, what with it being, you know, a military installation and, and so forth. Um, but the, you know, we got there, they had, uh, shoot, compact laptops in the base exchange for, a, you know, what we considered a decent price. Um, and I can't remember who went first, but I think I got one, and basically Kenny and I pooled our money to get, like, we got it on layaway or on some sort of payment plan or some shit, uh, and I got it, and we pulled our money together to pay it off, and then he got his, and we pulled our money together to, to pay his off quickly, as opposed to each of us, you know, doing this independently. I, I honestly don't remember or understand the logic behind it, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, we both had the exact same laptop, um... And we helped each other pay for them. Um, and they actually had, you know, place you could plug in, uh, you know, your phone cord to, to get connected. Uh, so when we got back to, to Homeport, when we got back to, to uh, Mississippi, um, in the barracks, we signed up for, you know, Internet, which, like I said, was, was dial-up. It was like 20 bucks a month for one of us to be able to plug into the wall and hear little beepy, screechy sounds uh, as it connected, and then, you know, access the Internet. And I want to say it's at that point um, that I got my first email address. Um, and, of course, built my own website, uh, you know, probably on GeoCities or, or some nonsense like that. And it had a bunch of obnoxious, annoying, you know, animated GIFs of, you know, skulls and fire and just goofy, weird shit. Um, but that's pretty much where it all started. Uh, with the internet uh, for me. Um, nowadays, you know, everybody's children have email addresses. Uh, I know Abby got the girls, you know, 
Gmail addresses long before they were going to be using, you know, email just so that she could get, you know, their names as their their email addresses uh, without having to throw a bunch of stupid, you know, letters and numbers at random at the end of it, um, which was good foresight on her part. Um, you know, good good stuff there. Um, I remember when Facebook first started, back when Facebook was was just for college kids. Uh, you had to have a college email address to sign up for it. Uh, and I wasn't, but uh, I remember when they first opened that up to the public, um, when that was a thing. And, you know, we all we all saw where that's gone. Um, I mean, it's to the point to where I'm, I'm not on Facebook uh, personally um, and really don't envision myself doing so. Um, I know a lot of podcasts have Facebook pages where people can, you know, talk to them and communicate to their listeners and vice versa. Um, and, you know, they're they're free, and I could do that, but I just don't like Facebook. I'm never on Facebook. Um, you know, the, the, the horrifying things that they have done or could do with my data is such that I'm just not interested. Um, and even if I made, you know, a Facebook page for this, uh, I would never check it, which defeats the whole purpose of having one to communicate with your people if you're never on that method of communication. Uh, you know, I, you know, could give you my physical address and you could mail me postcards, but no one's going to, so why should I? Same principle for Facebook. Um, you know, um, Yeah, I just kind of puttered out on that conversation, and I, I don't know that there's much, really much more for me to say uh, on that, other than, you know, to sound old uh, from back in the day uh, when the Internet was, you know, not a thing, and now it is, and everyone is generally happier. Um, in certain regards, I suppose, um, I mean, with all of the ease of reference that the Internet brings us, it also lets us, you know, spread ridiculous amounts of disinformation um, and I kind of think has also fed into um, the tendency as of late for people to be celebrities and you can't see the giant air quotes around that but that's 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 what in, is there in the word celebrity when I say it um, because to me, internet famous is just weird. Um, and I say this as a person who's podcasting to the internet, um, not necessarily with the with the goal of being internet famous, but if it happens, I won't turn it down. But it's still going to be a weird concept. Um, you know, I, I find celebrity to be a weird thing in any case. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, you know... TV shows and movies and, you know, actors and actresses and singers and, and you know, bands and stuff that are, are famous and are celebrities. Um, and I, I get that. Um, but I just I just don't understand why anyone is that heavily invested in them personally, if that makes sense. Like, if you ask me, oh, yes, you know, random example, Tori Amos, big fan, enjoyed her music, I guess, original, back-in-the-day stuff. Her later stuff is just not necessarily my taste. But I would say, you know, I'm a fan of Tori Amos. I don't 
care what she's wearing or where she's going to or what she's up to in her personal life. Like, her music is what I'm into. I don't care about any of the rest of that, you know. Um, you know, I enjoy the shit out of the Star Wars movies, and I think Harrison Ford is an excellent actor, but I really don't care who he's married to or, you know, what, you know, meal he ate three days ago, let alone see a picture of it. And, you know, without the Internet, you didn't have to deal with that. Uh, I mean, there were magazines that would tell you all about it if that was your jam. Uh, but if you didn't give two figs about, you know, celebrity so-and-so, the most you ever had to put up with was seeing their faces on the covers of those magazines when you were, you know, in the checkout aisle at the grocery. Um, nowadays, you know, on my, you know, magic phone that talks to the world, uh, you know, I I go into the news app to see, you know, headlines, you know, the news. Like, to me, news is, here are events that are happening in the world, be they, you know, political things or, you know, crimes that are happening or good things that people are doing, um, you know, news, pieces of useful information that may relate to your life in some scale or another, uh, you know, and I'm scrolling through that feed and, you know, every third thing is, oh, here's who so-and-so is dating or, oh my goodness, this person cut their hair and isn't that just, you know, crazy? And I, I just, that's not news to me. Um, and I've done everything in my power to shut that stuff off, you know, toggle the, the various setting switches to let them know, I really don't care what the lead singer of such and such is doing in whatever place. I mean, unless they're feeding the, the, the hungry children, in which case that's perhaps newsworthy. But, you know, this... This famous singer has been seen with this famous actress, and are they a couple? Who knows? I, yeah, who knows? And who cares? Like, I'm just not into it. Um, so to me, that's a bit of the bane of the Internet. Um, just not interested in that. There's a lot of bandwidth devoted to that, that nonsense. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole spiel about fake news, because I'm trying to keep, you know, the podcast generally, you know, neutral on those fronts. But... I think no matter which side of the, the, you know, political spectrum you're on, you can, you know, understand and think of a couple of, you know, examples where, you know, information has just been, you know, misused, mis, uh, misrepresented, or in some cases just flat out, you know, people have been lied to. Um, and I guess, to me, the part that's problematic and I think it's something that sort of feeds on itself. Um, all that stuff I was saying earlier about, you know, to find out a thing, you had to go to the library and go through the card catalog or go to, the, you know, the cross-reference for the magazine and then go find the book and read the thing or find the magazine and locate the article. Like, you had to put in some effort. You had to work to get your information. Um, and part of that work was, you know, the digging through to get to it, and then there was the actual, you know, consumption of the thing, to where you, you were kind of invested in this, and so when you have a book or a magazine in your hand, and you've got all of the context for it, uh, you know, you can tell, most reasonable people can tell, oh, I have a book written by, P, you know, Dr. Such-and-Such, Ph.D., 
that's you know about the nutritional value of uh, fava beans, whatever. Um, you know that what he's talking about is based probably on some good research and, and whatnot. If you're you know holding a magazine from you know uh, homeschool moms weekly talking about how you know fava beans will make your 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 children you know more holy. You probably can tell which is probably the more reputable source and, you know, consume your information and trust things in a more appropriate fashion. Uh, Nowadays, when everything is available two clicks away and it all is presented the same, it, it, it sadly makes sense to me that there are people in this world that don't that don't have the ability to differentiate between what is actually real and and backed up with actual information and what is complete bullshit that, you know, digital design and Photoshop make it look like it's a real thing even though it's complete, you know, horseshit. Um, I think that's unfortunately a skill that is no longer sort of trained. Um... And the environment we are in isn't real conducive to reinforcing, you know, good habits on that front. Uh, Like I said, I mean, I remember in school classes on, you know, evaluating your sources and knowing, you know, what was, you know, acceptable and, and, you know, tangible information and what, you know, wasn't. Uh, You know, back in the day, if you were researching a thing... You needed to cite your sources, and those that needed to be books or, you know, reputable magazines or, you know, newspapers, things like that. If you tried to, you know, hey, I read this thing in Boy's Life, they weren't, they, they, you, you weren't getting credit for that. You know, if, if uh, you know, your, all of your references were from, you know, Funkin' Wagnall's Encyclopedia, you haven't dug deep enough, and they would call you out for that. Um, nowadays, like I said, it's all so available and it's so easily spoofed to seem like a legit source, even if it's, you know, absolute bonkers nonsense. It's it's hard to tell, and if you're not accustomed to looking for those things, I can see how you can get fooled. Um, you know, for for our part, you know, Abby and I have done our darndest to try and Make sure that the girls know to when you're looking at something, consider the source. Consider, you know, the source for that source so that you know, you know, what you're looking at and can, you know, evaluate it properly. And hopefully that's stuck. Um, and I hope that other parents are doing the same, but I, I don't know how much faith I have in that. Um, and with that being the case, again... The internet gives you access to everything, and the downside is the ac- the the internet gives you access to everything. Um, you can look up, you know, cute puppy pictures, or you can look up, you know, some god awful racist nonsense, um, and they're all just a few clicks away. Um, it's kind of to the person to know where they should be, where they want to go, and, you know, what is, what's what's good for them or not. So, um, sometimes when old, oldsters like myself harken back to simpler times, um, 
yes, they are. They they were you know it was harder to accomplish certain things, but in other senses they they actually were you know simpler times, um, and and the the nostalgia there is legit. Um, so, uh, creeping up on the home stretch here. So, and I think I've I've spilled enough. Uh, you know, grumpy old man get off my lawnness in regard to the internets. Um, you know, to to sum up, uh things were different in the past and will be different in the future, says everyone with half a brain cell. Um and I've just reiterated a very specific piece of that for you. Um all in all I think it's a good thing. It's definitely, you know, made our lives easier, uh made information uh actual information more available. And I think it's a net bonus. Um, I don't think we can blame the Internet for the bad things. I think that comes down to the people using the Internet. Uh, And, you know, I think we should all keep that in mind. Um, But as fellow Internet users, I want to thank you for, you know, connecting to those tubes uh, to hear my voice. Um, I, I, again, encourage you to, you know, facilitate uh you know to to use those tubes uh to send me your voice or 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 typed words i'm i'm keen to hear them um and until next time uh thank you all for joining me and i will talk to you later and that's it